Greetings, Kapla, and welcome everyone to our fan cast, where an adventurous rocket scientist, a Star Trek girl, and a sci-fi wingnut take an away team excursion from the Star Trek series Strange New Worlds and talk about the finale season of Star Trek Picard. We are super excited to geek out and talk about the show, so let's gear up, assume our stations, and hit it. Well, hello and surprise. No, I'm not Sean. I'm a basically a frange low cost Sean. I'm SP. I used to podcast with Shannon on Voice of the Defiance, which she's been talking about in every single one of these episodes. It's a great podcast. Yeah, it was. Shannon, you're also here. Hey, guys, what's up? Hi. And Jake. Do we have Jake? I just got dragged along for the ride here. Yeah, I know. It was basically it. I was texting Shannon back and forth and was like, are you guys going to do this? And she's like, uh, no, 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 no. You said to me, are you going to just let the boys handle this? Or are you going to step in? I'm like, what the hell? Okay. So yeah, I'm here. I got it. I'm here. So for the record, Shannon is the ringleader on this challenge one. accepted. <laughs> and Shannon, <laughs> welcome back to the microphone. You've had a very, very exciting off season. Mm, exciting is not the word I would use for it, but I've been busy. I've been busy. It's been a very interesting last quarter of a year. It has indeed. I mean, who would have thought that 20 some years of living with Sean would eventually <laughs> do that to somebody? You know, we were going to get there eventually, right? So that's what he meant by head exploding? I know. I'm surprised it <laughs> took 23 years. Honestly. I got to say, for the part of every one of us, we are so thankful that you are still with us. I know you had very little choice in the matter, but you went through some things and then uh, now you're, you're back and uh, you want to describe what happened? Sure. Christmas Eve, I had some kind of, they, they can't quite put a name to it yet because they never found the original cause of it other than tell me that it was a blood vessel that burst in my head and it caused to ha me to have a stroke which they, i believe they called it a sub arachnoid hemorrhage and that was christmas eve around three o'clock in the morning well actually it was friday night going into christmas eve so technically still christmas eve but we went to the hospital at three in the morning and i progressively got a little bit worse from there my head was filling up with blood and by the time I got over to the second hospital that they transferred me to, they had to do emergency surgery. And they have now I have a huge gash in my head where they cut into me. And I was not given a good survival rate at all. I think I was only given 25% survival for that particular surgery that I had. So, but that was to relieve the pressure that was building up. I believe they told me that your cranial pressure is fatal at 30, and I was at 28. So I kind of did a little spray when they cut into me. But yeah, Sean was pretty convinced that I was not going to be leaving there that night. But I woke up Christmas Day, intubated, and really not happy with the haircut that I discovered that they gave me. 
Um, I believe his words were, which one of you asshats cut my hair? Sound like me. And he's like, oh, yeah, there she is. Because they told him that she may be a little different when she wakes up. No, there she is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you made it very clear very quickly. I was like, come on, man. I mean, but again, he got his on in the end because he told me, hey, now you're more bald than I am. And I didn't last long because it's grown back way longer than his. It has. She showed me before the podcast, before you got on, Jake. It, it's yeah, grown back. I can actually, so. actually, actually pinch the side of it now. But, but that was Christmas Day. I woke up. And again, I was in ICU for 16 days. And. Which isn't fun. It's not. I tell you, it, it's not. And I had a drain in the brain about five inches down that was draining all that fluid for about a week. And I was able to have it removed. New Year's Eve. So that was only seven days later. And even the nurses on my floor were telling me that was a miracle because they said most people have that in there at least 14 days. So only a week later, I had the tube removed. But also a couple days after that, they, after doing another angiogram, they found a second aneurysm. And that was behind my right eye. So I had to go in and do emergency brain surgery for that. And that was on the 4th of January. So, I mean, things happened back to back. And I am fully aware of the miracles that I walked out of that hospital with because the percentages were low. The expectations were low. The just being on the ICU and being surrounded by other people that were way older than me. There was 36 beds on that floor with me. and. I remember like New Year's Eve night was the hardest one because there was right next door to me, there was someone that had just passed away and I could hear all the family outside crying. And I'm thinking, you know, here I am. I just had this, this tube removed from my brain. So it's been a very traumatic experience dealing with it and then coming home and having the fear and the nightmares that I have around that witching hour, around three o'clock in the morning, when I had the same headache in the same spot, it's kind of scary to go to sleep at night sometimes. So sometimes I just don't. So it's something to live with. But after a week or two, I kind of got over it, but I've always had insomnia anyway. So, but that's another thing. Cause I was told that if I hadn't already been awake, that I probably would have lived through it. Again, miracle after miracle happened to me over the holidays. And I am sincerely thankful for it. Have you told Sean that this was your training for Borg assimilation yet? (laughs) (laughs) I think I passed. I think I passed it, right? No, I'm sitting here. Unfortunately, I tend to deal with stressful situations with terrible humor. And oh, it kept running through my head is there's got to be a joke about the tube in her head. There's got to be a joke. I knew it was coming because I could see his face. (laughs) (laughs) I was assimilated. Starpie beat me too because I all of a sudden he went Borg and I went. I missed it. <laughs> he got it before you. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking. I knew you were going to. I knew it. But yeah, the whole tube. I, I y'all saw those pictures. That tube, when they took it out, you could see the impression that it left on my head for where it was like, it was, let me tell you, I've never in my life had staples until that day. And I had 12 of them <laughs> in my head. And I was not Oof. a fan of it. Or when they took them out, it was not pleasant. So because of all this, you've had extensive medical bills and your sister created a GoFundMe and Sean's been talking about it on all the podcasts. So right. I said I, I would talk about it here as well. 
So there is a GoFundMe. It's hashtag help Shannon and there's a space and then it's. Yeah. All you have to do is go to Google and it, you can hashtag it's help Shannon and then space and then brain. And it normally pops up. It normally pops up the first day. Okay. So. So we'll put a link in the show notes, but it is very helpful for the family right now. And that's one of the reasons that Sean's not here is he's busy doing other things because Shannon wanted to do this. And Sean's kind of booked up with everything, trying to keep up with life and stuff. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we have Sean on the mic in the future here. But for now, it's the three of us. And there is the GoFundMe. And I uh, can personally attest from what both Sean and Shannon have told me that it does help them very, very much. It does. Link will be in the show notes. And it is all very appreciative. For all the, the people that have already donated, it has helped us move along tremendously. The fact that I still haven't, I haven't worked since before Christmas. And I don't, I'm not even clear to go back until March 24th. Wow. So just, just this week, just last Tuesday, well, last week, just last Tuesday, did, did I get clear to finally drive? And let me tell you what kind of freedom that is, because both of you know how cooped up in the house I've been, and I am not... I am not one to be still all the time. I'm too restless. Now, see, you, you missed an opportunity, though, because what you could have done is just taught Kayla how to drive. Believe <laughs> me, we have already hit that moment. She has not been happy with Sean at all. Because, first of all, this is the most time I've seen him get out of the house. And, like, forever. Right? So he's had to get out of the house because he has to drive you didn't give him a choice. No, he has to drive me to all these medical appointments that I've been going to. And he has to take the girls to school in the morning. So all these things, like I'm normally asleep where he would normally, where I would normally get up and take them in the mornings. If I have a headache in the middle of the night and I take a combination of these pills, I'm going to be sleeping right through by the time he takes them. So I'm not awake. So he's been doing all of that. But let me tell you, when they aren't happy, but because they can't go to the mall or they can't take you to the park or all these things that mom's done all their life. And then all of a sudden dad does it and dad doesn't like to do it. So they're like, they butt heads. Mikhail has already hit us with, when am I going to be able to drive? I'm like, you just turned 13. You got to chill. <laughs> you got to wait. <laughs> you can get a farm permit. Uh, no, we don't live on a farm. <laughs> well, I'm sure you can make something up <laughs> anyway. I've been to your house and so you kind of live in a subdivision that's uh, separated from the rest of the area around you. So you do need to drive where you are. I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not bad. So yeah, it's been a crazy, like I said, it's been to me from, for me personally, since October 4th, I've had a crazy life, but definitely December is when karma caught up to me. Well, we're, Glad to have you back, and I apologize to the listeners that this is officially not Bubbles and the Boys because, well, <laughs> Sean's not here. Oh my god, I haven't heard that in a while. We're keeping that one. We're keeping that one. I am going to be posting Bubbles that one for a while. Bubbles and the Boys. Bubbles yeah, and the Boys. That was the nickname that somebody gave you guys at the end of at the, the end season of one. Strange New World, yeah. Yeah. All right, so what we did, though, is because Shannon drug us both in here, Jake, is we watched Picard <laughs> season three premiere, which I believe should have been titled TNG, but they went for the full title for the next generation. Look, I'll just dive into it. The nostalgia for that this whole thing brought up with me, everything, even like the music when they were passing past the Titan was uh, uh, the, the whole thing just clicked on on a lot of different levels for me. Did you notice that the lettering and the color that they used was, was for TNG? 
Yep. The title that they put up on the screen of in the 25th century, very similar to Khan. Yeah, it was Khan. Khan. Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. Third century, I think, is what theirs is. It was the same writing and everything. I was wondering if it was just me when they actually started up that I started sitting there thinking, you know, are they going to start this like one of the movies or? They did. I mean, even the cinematic music that they do, like someone when like when Beverly was having a shootout, the music was felt just like one of the movies. So I, I, a lot of what I think they were just reaching for being the fact that they've talked about and talked about and talked about that this would be the end of the that next generation storyline that the, those characters were basically going to be done. I think that they've just somewhere along the line, somebody went, well, then let's just pull on every nostalgia string we have available to us. I'm not confident. I'm not positive. I mean, I think Picard's going to be done. Yes. But I think there could be so many spinoffs that could happen from this, because even listening to interviews with Gates McFadden, she hints to things when she's on the ready room with Will Wheaton. She hints to things about possibilities of things that might be developing in the future. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, there's already talk about the, the Raffi and, and Seven spinoff, but I guess we have to kind of see where that goes. Right. I think it. I think this alone is going to open new doors for the TNG crew. Jake, I don't know about you, but when anybody in the future calls me the fat one, I'll just reply, well, that's galaxy class to you. <laughs> He's like, yeah, leave the bottom. You know what? I didn't even put that together, and I should have, and I am definitely using that. Galaxy class. Yes. But the whole Titan leaving the space dock, it was straight out of like Star Trek 2, Star Trek 3, and even them racing out like a quarter impulse inside space dock where they almost hit the doors that they're opening. Like they weren't open I yet. was waiting for a like comment of like, you know, Ensign LaForge were a little close and have her basically just pull an I got this sort of thing. Exactly. I mean, why bring that whole thing up with Riker and, and Picard's like, well, you know, chill out, you know, but. And then, yeah, I was expecting to hit the doors or scrape it or something or something. I'm so sorry. So Ensign Lim Forge, that's also a callback because you had Ensign Sulu on the Enterprise B. Yep. True. Wow. There's so many even little things that I that kind of just snuck in that I didn't even catch just in the process of going, ooh, ah. This was the first time that we saw the Titan on an actual screen the last time we saw the titan or the first whatever we saw the titan it was on the cartoon the lower decks this is the first time we actually saw it on a live action and i think these ships look amazing i think the graphics it just looks amazing so far but did you see that that somewhere along the line when they built the computer model to uh for the cgi for the titan though if you look you can tell they they started with the same saucer from strange new worlds yeah, I mean, they obviously carved up to make for the new Constitution class Titan, but the way the actual like texturing and the front end shape and all of that for the saucer section, that was uh, that somewhere along the line, somebody stole the file from Strange New Worlds. I think something was wrong with the model itself, though, because it was going out of space stock and you started seeing it from behind as it was going back. There was some flickering and I don't think it was a navigation light. There was a flickering on top of the saucer section. On the back left. Like they did edit it, catch it. Yeah. So I don't, it, it's not my TV because it, it moved along. It wasn't just like a pixel, but it definitely was an issue, I think, with the CGI in there. But overall, it was amazing. I was like looking at it from the lighting perspective, and I think they did a little bit more 
of a space lighting. Like it's like a strong light in space. There's no diffusion of it. And they went with that. So they tried to do better what they did with lens flare in the movies. Oh my God. <laughs> Fricking JJ embarrassing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was one of those things where I noticed exactly what it was going for. There's no atmosphere filter in space. So you're going to have these types of things. But it's like, did you really have to do it that intensely with lens flare? You couldn't just. That's like, that's what they did at Strange New Worlds when they're showing you the red lights at the back of the ship. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And they did. I was looking at like the com badge at the beginning. You guys commented on it in the Strange New World podcast that you did where it was all new with the actual enterprise and then the three col- three main colors the uniforms the red blue and yellow and they've changed that for every ship on the series that have happened since then like strange new worlds or excuse me lower decks they use the cerritos with this i was looking and i think it's the titan i'm not sure but i'm going to have to take another look yeah they that was the titan that was one of the first things i picked up on was kind of like okay they're doing this for all their shows now yeah, they did the Cerritos, they did the Enterprise, and now they did the Titan. Titan's going to be the main ship on this, which, okay, that we'll get into that later. I just want to go through some more nostalgia stuff, like the, the inner light flute that was there, as he's talking about, it's just memories, but he's holding the flute, and, and a whole society is in his hands. Well, actually, what I was, what I was thinking is, is that this is, represents an entirely separate life that he's lived then come back to continue living this one. You know, it's a little bit more meaningful for him, the idea of coming to the end of a life. He's done it before. He's got an entire lifetime stuck in his head. I have a confession. I have a confession. Oh, here we go. Confessions by Shannon. You two both know that I am a crusher girl all the way, right? Yeah. I am so into Beverly. She is the first con that I ever went to that I got my first autograph from. That being said, Lars. Oh, I don't I'm know on, no, 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 if I can give you. up that pointy-eared honey <laughs> and go back to Crusher. At the very beginning, she said, I'll save you a seat at that bar on Chaltock 4, right? Yeah, but they're, they're not going to get back together. He ain't coming back to her. They wouldn't have said it unless they were going to do a scene at that bar on Chaltock 4. I don't know if Picard's going to be there, but maybe Beverly and Laris are going to be there. <laughs> okay. Well, then I might. I'll watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> be like, where's that bar? <laughs> I want to go there now. I want to meet there. I'll be there. But after these past two seasons, I definitely agree with you, Shannon. I have now have a thing for Romulan women. She's beautiful. And I love that they introduced her as a love interest in the last season. And I, I was wondering if they were going to bring her back. And I'm so glad they did. But now I'm like conflicted because I like Beverly so much. I have, I, you know, I, I don't want to jump the gun, but being the fact that they've made it very, very clear that she's an intelligence officer, I'm wondering if she's the unknown person typing with Rafi. That's yes. awesome. That was one of the things I was thinking. It could be Laris. It could be Worf. It could be Julian Bashir. It could be so many people. It could be seven. I actually have another thought process as to who could this could be. This might be lore. We Ooh. know he's coming. The text pattern of just kind of that slightly but not quite emotionless thing going on. I guess one of the many theories that have just popped into my head are 
we keep thinking that Laura's going to show up specifically as an antagonist, but we did see him where in the previews wearing the Starfleet ship. uniform. So do you think they're using the signal app to communicate securely? It's possible, but I, when I'm, oh, did I just miss the joke? <laughs> A signal is an app that teenagers use now to communicate securely instead of texting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, if that's actually out there, my kid wouldn't tell me about it because then that would be. Mine either. I don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> What I, no, what I was thinking was is that they is that somewhere along the line, what you're starting to see through bit by bit is that Starfleet is becoming slightly corrupted. It is leading into where you end up with Discovery three thousand years in the future, or whatever it may be. But there's issues within Starfleet. So one of the thought processes is maybe they've gone bad enough that they're doing with lore what the um the crazy admiral did with khan in the uh second jj amers movie basically they've got him he's an intelligence for them what what is the that black ops thing that they have section 31 yep section 31 so that's my thought process is section 31 has lore i almost said black badge i'm like wrong show wrong <laughs> <laughs> show yeah maybe i got another one that's going to blow your guys's mind not will it's thomas because remember beverly said don't trust anyone which would include laris and will Riker. and will shows up and he does not have deanna with him and he says oh things are going bad just brushing it off to the side i bet you it's thomas very quickly thomas was who uh the uh recreation of Riker and the transporter oh so basically, he's twin, you know, Lieutenant Riker versus Commander Riker. Well, we know we know that Mordiati's coming back from the holodeck, so I mean, it could be him too. It could be a computer talking to her. In the credits at the end, if you watch the graphics at the end, there is one thing on the computer screen that says "Holodeck Program for yeah. Ten Forward." I saw that. I saw that. And then even then said uh, the thing that keeps blinking at the bottom is safety's turned off. So possibly when Picard enters into 10 forward, it's an entirely holodeck experience. So many questions. Yeah. You don't know where it is. And that, let's talk about the captain, right? Todd Stashwick, right? Okay. Uh, sorry for the Eddie here. Captain douchebag. <laughs> Yes, he was a douche. Well, they couldn't get, uh, what's his name, from uh, the original series, so they decided oh, to go with I Todd remember, I know, I'm knowing exactly who you're talking about, too. Yeah, well, I don't know if they could get him or not, but he, he might have been too old, so they went with Todd Stashwick. I don't think he's a bad guy in this, and the reason why I don't think he's a bad guy is he leaves that dinner and goes knowing to sleep. Knowing Seven. Knowing that Seven's yes. going to do something, and after they leave, he doesn't use a tractor beam to get him back, and they don't warp away. So they're but there. They allowed her to do it, knowing that she would do it. They're there. I don't know what side he's on, but they're there, and he's going to swoop in and save them from this big old ass ship that's in front of them. Which is a cool ship. It's a cool looking ship. But there's also the whole don't trust anyone sort of thing. Is it possible that he was put in their way? That Somewhere along the line, that's how Seven ends up taking charges, finding out that he's one of the bad guys and having to launch him out as airlock or something. Hmm. 
you don't launch Todd Stadwick out of the Panera log. I think he's he deserved been, it, but okay. He, he plays a great bad guy, and he's been a lot of stuff, right? I think he's been in The Walking Dead. He was in 12 Monkeys. He's been in some stuff. He's a good known actor. You don't just get him to airlock well, him. But, I, but, but if, you, if you see where I'm going, is, is this kind of, first of all, maybe how Seven gets a hold of the Titan and being in charge there for, well, for maybe, whatever Maybe, because she reason. is ready to walk away from all of Starfleet at the moment. Well, I think that was actually an interesting story choice. I was waiting for the whole thing of Seven of Nine to be, in, it's being inspiring that she's made it to Commander and she's in Starfleet, and just basically to have her just horrifyingly angry at everything going on around her. It's because her. the captain completely stifles her. Can he let her use her own seven of nine? He wants her to take on a whole other persona of a different name of a person. She does not like the man. But even then, just the idea of being able to turn around and have a conversation with somebody versus all of his protocol and all that is just driving her nuts. But yeah, it just it, it was interesting to see that the storyline they went with was Seven actually hates being in Starfleet. So, I like your theory, actually, of, of him allowing her to do it. Because if you are that furious to find out your first officer has just completely disobeyed your order, would you not have her removed from the bridge instead of him just walking away? And telling her, I need you to write me a very strongly paperwork. worded report on everything that just happened you paperwork i'm gonna walk away but continue carry on oh, right also no. when did starfleet start posting ensigns to guard shuttlecraft in a starfleet vessel when did that start exactly i thought the same thing why they've got a lot of ensigns they just needed somebody <laughs> <laughs> we need something for this ensign to do see that shuttle Hit a Stand button. There. Lock it down. Lock it down. Hit a button. Yeah. Something for lower decks. We need a plot for lower decks. Okay. Can we talk about how they've put them in the lower deck bunks? I was about to say that I love that moment. I loved it. There was something that, that was on Twitter yesterday that was asking. I can't remember who it was. It was like captioned this. I'm like, and one time at Bandcamp. That's what oh, it made God. me think of. <laughs> and he's got a flute. Or <laughs> <laughs> Riker would be have his trombone in Bandcamp. God. I like he's laying there with the socks on. He's like, but I didn't have to get up and pee this often. <laughs> From the top bunk, no less. I commiserate with that whole thing because I went to the Air Force Academy. And yes, we had multiple people in the room back then. I have no idea what it is now. But now I'm retirement age, same as these guys. And yeah, I'd probably have to do that all night too. It would suck going back to the Academy and staying a night in one of those bunks. When you're a kid, you want the top bunk. When you're, oh, no, I don't want the top bunk. No, not at all. <laughs> I, I need to be able to get up and walk around. <laughs> exactly. So let's pay. Let's talk about some detail oriented on Crusher. It's, it's, it's funny to me that we didn't. <laughs> it's only open. taken you 27 minutes to get there. Yeah. I know, but I'm letting you, I'm letting you guys play. I mean, when we're talking about. Details. Are we talking about appearance? I mean, or is it, you know, a new thing for older female doctors now? I mean, uh, yes, let's do it all. Let's do it all. Let's do it all. Okay. So, did anybody notice that she falls asleep listening to Picard? Even it's on his emission logs, but she's listening. She went to sleep with him talking. She plays his music on her ship, his mixtape. I loved that okay he made a mixtape for beverly in lieu of wine and roses and that was like awesome but she's got pearls all over the desk maybe he gave her that she's still got jack crusher's case 
Well, you're basically just adding into the whole, why did she leave 20 years ago? You know, there had to have been something that if they were that happy, that yes. drove her away. Now, and, and I'm hoping desperately that it wasn't, oh my God, I'm pregnant with Jean-Luc's exactly. son. I, I think that'd away. be a crappy thing to do to him. And I think that they are purposely leading this down that way, but I don't, I don't believe it's his son. Even then, going back to the screens and the credits, there's a, there was a whole lot of stuff about genetics popping up there, too. So yeah. what I'm thinking is, is that I think we're going down a darkness road, and we're going to end up being with, and I can't believe in the past five minutes, I forgot it again, Section 35? 31. Section 31. <laughs> section 31. <laughs> That's okay, Jake. You're in Section 35 right now. Oh, cool. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> and also Section 8 for the... U.S. Armed Forces. Oh, oh no, dude, I've been there for. You know, okay, I'll show you my therapy bills. We'll, we'll, <laughs> okay, it, you know. Fair enough. If we're talking about showing each other bills, I have some. I tell you, <laughs> I have some. <laughs> Shannon wins. <laughs> I win, she definitely me. does. No, I think we're good. We might be going a Section Thirty-One or some sort of deep intelligence thing going on here. That's really going to be the basis of who the bad guys are. I think. That right out of the gate, they're they're leading us to believe. I mean, he's got an English accent. She's been separated from the entire crew for over twenty years. He looks slightly older than twenty, but okay. Uh, see, I I think she got dragged into something. I do too. That twenty years ago, she got dragged into some sort of genetic, you know, thing or something like that, and and all of this behind the scenes intelligence just to protect uh, him. section 30 well, well no not even just to protect him she probably stole him from them because of whoever or whatever he is maybe she stole his petri dish that someone was making a, a you know like you said in the in the what was, what was it nemesis that we did yeah, yeah. Ne- there's the whole nemesis thing with uh, jean-luc's clone if it's another picard clone I, you're they're gonna lose me because there was a preview where she had said that they're only going to use it against you to try to kill you, which is it could be him. And if it, if the child, the man, whatever, if he wasn't actually born of her, but she's raised him all these years, she still would say it's my son. Exactly. That's why I was figuring when she, he said, that's my mother. Yeah. That she was the one who raised him, not necessarily. But she might have taken, like I said, that petri dish to make sure that no one else tried to use John Luke's DNA against him. I am having a a trouble of suspension of disbelief, even if we start taking in the concept of futuristic medicine, that you've got a 70 and a 60 year old having a natural baby together. I know it, the whole honorverse thing with the extended aging and stuff like that. It makes it possible, I guess. But I was going to say, even then, what you're looking at is people who literally physically stop aging for a period of time versus, you know, okay, we can medically make this happen. But dude, she, you're still, she's still 60 and you're still 70. Uh, that means Wesley has a half brother out there. <laughs> if not a full brother, could be a full brother. It could be Jack Crusher's kid. It could be. Maybe she's saved those eggs for all these years. I don't know. But I don't I would like to believe that she didn't keep it from Picard if it's actually his natural child. That would definitely make me more team Laris. I'm just saying. Since they went down the road with the whole Star Trek 2, Star Trek 3 thing, and 
you would have Carol Marcus, right? There is an inference that it is Jean-Luc's kid because they've intentionally put that nostalgia right. of Star Trek II in there. I agree. I think it's misleading. Just like I think that it's not Will Riker, it's Thomas Riker. Actually, I think I may debunk that one on you. Okay. When they were in the bar, he was the one who figured out the code. Thomas Riker would have never been there at that point in time. If you're Section 31, which Thomas Riker was, he would have tried to learn everything that Will ever knew, including that. Okay, I'll give you that. But still, I'm, 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 I'll believe it when I see it. I'm not sold on the Thomas Riker. I'm not. But it's a plot that's open right now. I do like the theory of lore speaking to Rafi. But I mean, the whole word that he used, you're a warrior. That's warfish. That's warfish, but that's also seven of nine ish. Maybe seven's talking to her and giving her missions that she just doesn't know about. She's not a warrior. She's a ranger. Seven is a ranger. The other part is that's making me think possibly lore or something computerized in that fashion form is they pulled up her entire history that quickly and then used it that quickly to turn around and manipulate her with it. So uh, somewhere along the line, it's kind of one of those, you know, we analyze the data within 30 seconds and here it is. Well, I mean, I have that ready. What Rafi should have done is just opened up chat GPT and asked, what is the red lady? <laughs> what the heck is this? Yes. Or, you know, we might have been missing this whole boat the entire time. And because Deanna, maybe she's fooled us all these years. And she is she's the secret person because she was not in this episode at all. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. And I guess, I, worst is I could see Deanna working at, for Starfleet Intelligence somewhere along the line. I could see that. I could buy that. Especially with her empathic abilities. With her empathic abilities exactly. and her credentials. She has, doesn't she have commander rank? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's fully authorized to crash another starship. I was going to yes. say, she's the one <laughs> she who ruined the, the big crash one. Yeah. <laughs> but you drive it one time. You know what? If at some point in time, the two, she doesn't meet up with LaForge's daughter and say, you know, you, you know, you got the nickname Crash, but I actually crashed one of these. Let me show you how. It's, let's talk about this. twice. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not just once, twice. She was a cutie too. So Raffi destroys a pad just by throwing it down on the console. I would think that in five hundred years, iPads would get a little bit more resilient. I know <laughs> some kind of better crystal or. Plastic. I mean, come on, something. After after all those years, like you should have just read out on her hand. And the worst part about it is, is it even would have even made for a better plot point if she couldn't destroy it and got continued to get angry. Yeah, and I don't know where this District Seven is. If it was on the planet she was at, or if it was back on Earth or whatever, they never said where District Seven was. But District Seven is where the Starfleet recruitment place i don't know if headquarters or whatever it got portaled literally portal yeah. if you ever cool played shot. the game portal it's from portal it's just this huge glados made this huge portal gun <laughs> put it in orbit and put it on a building and tried to transport it. 
GLaDOS was just trying to do a job of like moving it over. So, you know, that freeway that was going and it had to wrap around the building. She was just trying to make the freeway go straight. That's all. I, he did. Let me tell you, that was a cool shot. It was I, I was impressed by it because I just thought they were going to destroy it. It collapsed it on itself and then none. And here it comes out of the sky. That was pretty cool. Yeah. No, it, it's it starts you thinking that it's just some sort of implosion bomb or something of that nature, and then you just see it drop out of the sky, and it, it, you you almost have to share in Raffi's horror at seeing that. It, you do, especially after going through nine eleven. We're all old enough; we've all seen nine <laughs> eleven, and the, just the horror that that. And then you know, recently with the Turkish and the Syrian earthquake, it just horrific how many people must have died in that process and died badly too you could still hear them screaming because they were being they weren't blown up they were dropped out of the sky they made sure that that shot that that shot had an effect on you star trek's i feel star trek's always been pretty famous about keeping i don't know if i want to say the word politics but but keep but keeping the current things that happen in our world now and they mix them like like Strange New Worlds when they did the first episode, the first opening when he's given that big speech. Remember that, Jake, when he's big in the look at what you people are doing. Look to what yourselves. you've done. And this is what you're you're gonna you're gonna do it. You're gonna destroy yourself. And I, I thought that was a wonderful speech, but it's pretty accurate. And I think that's what Star Trek has always been about for me personally, because it it talks about the humanity that we all have and the hopes of us being better at it. It's debatable as to whether or not they indebted it, depending on which show you're talking about, well or poorly. But they've always tried to at least touch at what's going on in the times of the world right. around themselves right. and give a give some sort of commentary. Now, you can point to episodes and even full-on seasons of, of series in which they've done it wrong. But at the same time, that's, it's, it's always been a thing for Star Trek. We're going to touch on what goes on and we're going to comment on it. You may or may not like what we have to say, but right. we're going to be subtle yet blunt. I think where I think where they could go wrong, and we talked about this in Strange New Worlds sometimes, I think Discovery started off great. The first two seasons were great. Well, that's what I meant by you can point to an entire season. And then it took a turn. <laughs> it took a turn and it went way too far. And it, I quit watching it. But then that, by that time, our boy was at, you know, Captain Pike was already starting his newest series, so we had to go there anyways. Yeah, but even then, when you when you look at what Discovery did, it was they didn't do Star Trek. Star no. Trek takes a point in which they they look at something, you know, whether you want to talk about the the racism with the half white, half black people in the original series, they take something like that and then they move it forward to the Star Trek sensibility and work it out. So where they lost me was, and it was a very, 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 very simple thing. It wasn't, it was when the new pseudo daughter to the gay couple came out as um, non-binary. Now, that didn't bother me that she decided that, or, or he, she, they decided that they were non-binary. What bothered me was the fact that we are now over a thousand years into the future, and you're telling me we're still arguing over this? Where they lost me is when they raised Tilly, who was a cadet at the beginning of the series, to the first officer. They could have done a, if you remember uh, uh, TNG, LaForge in the command chair in the first season. 
they could have done an episode with her like that and called it a day. Right. Of, they called it a day. And this is an experiment you did. You did a good job, you know, get back to work. Right. But they didn't. And I just, I'm all for progressive moving forward and stuff, but I am a Trekkie hardcore <laughs> through and through. And I understand. I like you're putting the women in power. That's great. But if you deviate from what Star Trek normally does, and you're just not going, look, you guys have been in the military. I've been in law enforcement. You're not going to go from a lackey to a first commander to a first officer. Napoleon did. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you just did there. Paramount itself did a catch 22 with the whole thing because in Discovery, and I watched all of it, I suffered through all of it. I think, Jake, you mentioned once you tolerated going through mm-hmm. all of it. Well, it's there, there's the one season it that it was that was really, really difficult. Season the last three. season, you can start to see that they, let's season four, then they're starting to see if they can dig themselves back out of that hole, but it may be a little bit too deep. So they did the Tilly to the command chair basically overnight on discovery right yet on their other series lower decks which still is canon you have all these ensigns and lieutenants stuck on the lower deck not able to get up to that point so paramount itself has a dichotomy of what's going on in starfleet because paramount is not understanding how starfleet works but it, or it's not just Starfleet; it's just in general the ranks don't work that way but even then, you're seeing that in what people are watching. People are watching Strange New Worlds. People are watching Lower Decks. People are watching Picard. No one's watching Discovery anymore. <laughs> so there was a case in The Next Generation where you had somebody elevated to the command chair in one episode. And that was the episode that we had Ensign Picard. Remember? Blue shirt Picard. Oh, it was one of the Q episodes? Oh, yeah. when he changed them, yeah. So, no, not that he went back in time, but that he he was, he spent his entire career and he was still an ensign on the Enterprise. And nobody listened to him. Sad life. Sad, such a sad <laughs> life as an ensign. But that was Picard, right? So, there you go. I, I think all of Star Trek has potential. Hey, hey they, they, they could have put him in a, made him a red shirt and then launched him out of an airlock. He would have not have survived. <laughs> we know what happens to red shirts. We know it. Except for uh, on Strange New Worlds. We haven't really had too much of that. They There's a little. to do that at some point. But I've been a red shirt my entire career and I've survived it. So, it's okay. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. But, but, I need a shirt that says that. They have to touch on the shirt, even if it's just kind of like uh, somebody coming in and going, like, hey, I thought you usually wore a yellow shirt. Yeah, it's in the wash. Ooh, that's a bad idea. You know, <laughs> doesn't they, matter if it's dirty or not. If well, you're hang going on, off I the ship. My pips. Let me go find them. Yeah. Even if they don't kill the guy off, just just touch on it. At least mention it. Remember that it's there. Freaking red shirts. Let's talk about Picard for a second, because I got to get this off my chest. In the first season of Picard, he was, Patrick Stewart was feeble. He was getting old. He actually acted worse off than he was. And at the very end, when he transformed Pinocchio style into an android, he was strong. He was stand up. His voice was commanding. He's gotten back to the shakiness. And I don't know if that's because Patrick Stewart himself has gotten older or they're trying to portray something right now. 
Well, they they did he they did tell him when they turned him into a, a robot that he was going to go back to aging. They did, and unfortunately, he's starting to like forget stuff. Like he forgot or didn't know. Maybe is a better way to phrase it. That, it, but it, well, then here's a the question because I read it a little bit differently. I didn't read that he, you know, forgot something. I read that he's what they're finding in is that he's not nearly as in the loop as people would expect Admiral Picard he's to be. He's retired. But even then, having been retired the past two seasons, he's still very much in the loop, in the know, as, as part of the group. I think the fact that they're starting, it, it, whether it's due to age, politics, or just, okay, he's been retired this long now, I think what they're trying to do is show you that he's he's coming to the end of his even involvement in Starfleet at all. You know, this is really kind of coming to an end point for him. Even if you don't start taking in the whole age and possible does he survive thing. I think they're trying to show you that he's no longer the man that he was. Even just in the whole hierarchy of Starfleet, no longer the man that he was. Because if you go back to season one, even thrown out, castigated and quit, he could still walk into Starfleet and like get a meeting with whoever without blinking. And now all of a sudden they're closing down entire sh- uh, stations and he's not in the know anymore. I think it also has, it may have, I mean, I do think it's a lot. Of, I think part of it is Patrick. Honestly, I do. He's on up there. And I think that shakiness that you hear, I think it's actually him and not the character. But then to the other side of that, in Picard, there was that interview he gave with the reporters and he was not on a friendly basis with Starfleet anymore. But even not in a friendly basis, if you also remember, he still had no hesitation to walk in the front door and demand to see the admiral he wanted to see, and no one told him no. True. But they also only let him know what they want to do, because he didn't want to do that interview. And I think there's so much more to that story that they never, it's like it dropped out of, they gave us the story and then they never picked it up again. So we don't know what all happened, but he was disenfranchised with the whole Starfleet. Well, yeah, that was the whole season one where you had the involvement of the Romulans into Sar. That was concluded, though. Well, he's uh, dating a Romulan intelligence officer. Uh-huh. Are we sure that's? Are we sure that's concluded? No. <laughs> no. I, you, know, you know, all all of this obviously is is conjecture. We're still only on episode one, but it's really kind of fun to sit here and think: where could we be going with this, guys? We're missing the point here. There's a whole station out there, Deep Space Four, that's been decommissioned that we can rent out. <laughs> oh, I forgot. One. Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. That was a blunder moment. Uh, that and Hellfire. He couldn't remember Hellfire either. I thought he was saying, I thought she was saying Hellbird. Or Hellbird. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, brain surgery, but I, I got, I thought it said <laughs> brain injury. I know, but I thought they said, she said Hellbird. You know, I was going to make a joke about that ahead, at the beginning of the show that because even with a stroke and brain surgery, you're still going to remember stuff better than both Jake and I combined because you just, you're gotcha. in, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. you're into this. I'm onto this. Uh, hell, if you can't tell, I can't remember what I'm saying from, from the beginning to the end of the sentence half the time. Yeah, that's okay. You're in section 35. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. All right. Well. What do you guys think is going to happen 
next episode throughout the season, whatever. How many episodes we got? We got 10. Is that it? I think I saw 10. I think. Ooh, I don't know. No, but as far as next time, obviously you're going to have the big confrontation with the uh, Amanda Plummer character probably getting introduced very quickly. Stuff that's going to happen at Frontier Day, obviously. Well, yeah, I think the the terrorism is for uh, Frontier Day is probably a given. Poor Rachel Garrett. She has to go through this whole yesterday's Enterprise thing die lose her ship and everything like that and then she gets this great statue which is supposed to be dedicated to her Jeez, and then i did not put that together oh my yeah, god what <laughs> yeah rachel garrett is the captain of the enterprise c so in yesterday's enterprise you had the enterprise c with the tashi Yar character and right. everything like that right and so she was getting immortalized in this red statue in front of this building that was portaled by gladys and it was tumbled and destroyed, basically. So poor Rachel Garrett cannot get a break, or maybe gets too many breaks. I don't know. Whatever, however you want to phrase it. Well, I mean, they kill her. They kill her in effigy, and <laughs> <laughs> right, killed her again. Again with the portal thing. I think one thing that they were missing is on the HUD of Raffi's ship. It should have been the cake is a lie. Oh God, the cake <laughs> from the game portal. Yeah, from the game portal. That's oh, where I, the game. Glados is uh, from Aperture, and the the company or whatever it was is Aperture, and uh, she created the or was guiding you through it. It's an Xbox game. It's called Portal. There's Portal Two. <laughs> Play it. You'll like it, especially after seeing this. I haven't played a game since since Defiance. I think I'm behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, you're behind. Long, long time ago. What year was that? <laughs> I haven't really played a video game that I don't think I've played one that's not from the 90s at the least. I mean Okay, I've done better than you. So I feel better <laughs> yeah, now. I mean I I still turn uh the old my kids um Nintendo into the old uh NES. I would go prefer back and to play, play Mario Hero. Technable. I actually whip Sean's butt at that one. All right. I did the what was it the Star Wars starship one that was out a couple years ago i did that one where you you just basically fly fly fighters around and in groups and stuff like that that was the last game that i had time to play even though i have all these great gaming consoles i don't have time because i podcast i've had plenty of time lately and i still game yeah i don't blame you you got other stuff (laughs) to do now that i have been given my wills back i am going out on the road i'm so tired have you you been practicing on mario kart (laughs) no Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> okay, completely, completely beside the point, and I know how much some of us love digressions. Has anyone seen the Mandalorian commercial for Mario Kart? Oh yeah, I haven't. Yeah, oh, it, it, it's it's hilarious. They basically do Mario as though it's Last of Us. Okay, so uh, you've got this young uh, Princess Peach who comes up, and Mario's played by the guy who plays the Mandalorian. Drawing a blank on his name now too, but also in in Last of Us, and he's Mario carting her across the country. See all these words you're saying. I've heard all these names, but I don't have live TV, <laughs> so I haven't seen any of it. I have watched the Mandalorian. I haven't seen Last of Us. I've seen the Last of Us was a video game out. I want to say about ten years ago. Actually, you're they made gal- a speaking TV show about it. Okay. And okay. your gal Annie was a voice on the. Oh, well, let's talk about that. So, Annie oh. Wershing, 
who was the Borg queen in season two of Picard. She passed away a couple months ago and of cancer, young, young age of like 45. And they immortalized her by saying for Annie in the credits right there. So yeah, for Annie. Yeah, Yeah, I got a little emotional. I didn't cry or (laughs) anything, but I did get a little emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was in Timeless, which is another show that you podcasted on, Shanna. Yes, we podcasted on that one. Yep, we did that one. She was in The Runaways, which I podcasted on, on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh my God, I forgot about that podcast. (laughs) I was trying to to forget The Runaways. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm trying to forget them now, too. I mean, it was decent, but it wasn't connected to anything, so... Like, okay, now it's definitely not connected to anything because they've severed all that. Although they are bringing on Marvel's side, they are bringing back the Netflix series, all of them, but Iron Fist. No. I, okay. Is, is it that tragic that Iron Fist is out? I, if, we, if, we get, if we get the Daredevil and the Punisher stuff, I'm happy. I don't think they're going to go Punisher. Punisher might be too bad for Disney+. Plus. I don't know. They they keep throwing in like some violent movies here and there just to see what they can get away with. I think they've kind of been like testing the waters. I'm happy that Paramount has Star Trek. I'm just saying, and not Disney. <laughs> Disney would have. Yeah, Disney does their own thing. Horrible things in Star Trek. There is now talk that because of the CEO change, Disney is positioning itself to be acquired by Apple. I'm not sure that's better. Neither am I. <laughs> no, I'm not sure that's better either, but uh, it's makes sense business-wise, but for content-wise, I'm not sure it makes Disney business. Disney has shot themselves in the foot so much recently that I don't want them touching Star Trek at all. At all. And we don't have to worry about that right now because Disney or uh, uh, Star Trek is Paramount, and Paramount has this. They have... Um, I Well, I mean, the other big... Um, thing that they that uh, Paramount has is uh, the property is Transformers, and they're starting to see what they can do with that again. All right, so we're just gonna go from here and see what happens. Can I throw in one last thought on the on all Please. of this that we start talking about where what may go forward in the future? Imagine, the- close your eyes and imagine this. Go ahead. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, is you, we might be looking at the building of a new Titan series or something of that nature, because, you know, hell, I'd watch it. I think we're building a new series. Well, they he keep saying that they're passing it on to the next generation right now. Uh-huh. Again, which would be seven, which would be seven commanding the Titan. And they went to a lot of effort to create a very pretty, nice new ship that looks like a constitution class and came up with a historical way of doing it without having to call it Enterprise again. Now we can kind of move on to the whole Titan legacy. Yeah, you got um, Crusher, you got Sulu, and then you've got the Lower Decks crew with Boimler, Boiler, whatever. Before. He actually, his twin or his transporter incident, whatever, clone, ended up on the Titan as well. well so. And died. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you got to get rid of him. <laughs> now, did you hear that the lower decks crew is going to show up on Strange New Worlds this this season. I did yes. hear that. Yes, I did hear that. As cartoons? No, I did not hear that. I thought they were live actioning them. No, they're not live actioning them. They're car- they're going to have them show How up. How are they going to show Ra- up? 
Well, they said they said that what they said they were going to do is they were going to do it Roger Rabbit style. Was the direct quote? Come on, don't ruin my show. It's only had one season. I know you all podcasted about there the one episode. I think it was episode eight or whatever, where they were running around the ship as as the you know the fantasy stuff, the fantasy stuff yeah. and whatever. And you all kind of like that because Sean with the boob windows and stuff. But I'm like, no, thank you. I'm like beef. That was terrible. It was terrible. I wasn't a fan. Shannon. Yes. You were one of the, you and Sean overruled me on that one being the worst episode. I, it was, it was not my worst, my worst episode. He overruled me. The worst episode I think that strange new worlds had was when they were killing the children. Oh yes. Oh, by uh, no, far, no, no argument whatsoever. The whole school shooting with Uvalde had just happened. I couldn't even watch it. You know, Carrie's a fourth grader, so I couldn't even watch it. But the whole storyline, I'm like, what is happening here? No, to me, that was the worst episode. The fantasy stuff. I mean, TNG did also when you had Robin Hood and didn't like that one either. I I didn't mind it. I just don't think you should do too many of them. Yeah. God help us. We can't have any musicals. They're trying to go back to um, Sulu with the rapier. And, you know, that just sounded wrong. <laughs> I was like, what? Hey, what? <laughs> you know, n- knowing the things we know about George Decay now, yes, that came out wrong. <laughs> oh okay, my God, so Sulu with the Sword was in, in the Naked Time, right? And they did, in fact, have a pseudo Naked Time episode in Strange New Worlds. It was when well, they, they they also did in Next Generation too, didn't they? They had the new Naked Time or whatever, yeah. But in Strange New Worlds, they had one, but they just didn't call it the Naked Time. They called it something else. But you, in fact, had the crew that was affected by the virus, and they were, were going for the light and whatever. So it was slightly different. The Alarians, yes. Yeah. So it was slightly different, but it was a new Naked Time episode. That was a great episode, too. See, I, my, favorite t- <laughs> my, my favorite Strange New Worlds episode is when they talked about Star Trek bingo, and when... Laon is like, people are idiots. I'm like, this girl right here is my, like, that's my girl. So I need to announce right now that we have actually found a way <laughs> yes. for Shannon and Sean to complete Enterprise Bingo. It's got to happen. I need, you know, I need some, I need this wait, wait um, shirt. This game actually does exist? Well, of course it is. Uh, well. If we can create a Defiance Monopoly. We can do some Star Trek bingo. It's still out there. So, yeah. The, one of the keys, though, is, is being able to shoot each other. And we found a way for them to shoot each other. Have we? I have been told this. So, yeah, I texted you. Me? Okay, yeah. Remember? Airsoft? I mean. Lots of drugs. <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, yeah, it was Airsoft. It was that 1911 then. Oh, I, yes. That's, yes, yes. I yeah, remember so it now. Here's the way you do an enterprise bingo. And you're like, I like the purple one. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I have BB guns. That's better. Oh, it hurt you more. Can, yeah. Well, you, you can, know, 24 you years. <laughs> officially shoot each other with an airsoft gun. That's what they're for. That's like the easy way out, though. So it doesn't. Well, I mean, they were going to be on stun anyway, if you had a phaser. So might as well no. do an airsoft. I don't know. I'm telling you, 24 years, I went to BB. <laughs> I deserve Sean, it. Sean, watch out. I deserve it. 
All right. <laughs> Sean's going to be walking around with a limp and people are going, what's wrong? He's like 24 years. <laughs> this was for that baldy shot you gave me in the hospital. All right. Look so Sean might, be, Sean might be coming back in the future. I don't know, but he's got stuff he's got to do. He wanted, honestly, I think he wanted to be here, but he, he's got stuff he's got to do. So we'll, it'll be us three at least taking it through Picard season three. If you have an email to send, because I don't have access to the Strange New World email account, send it to StargatePioneer at GunnaGeek.com. That's G-O-N-N-A-G-E-E-K.com. And we will read your emails on the air. You can also, on Twitter, get to, uh, what is it, uh, Strange Worlds? What, what's your Twitter account? Yeah, it's, 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 it goes to Trek Worlds. Trek Worlds? Yeah. Trek underscored wor- worlds, I believe. And uh, I'm on Twitter as well at Stargate Pioneer and or Sci-Fi Girl. Yeah, Jake's some crotchety old man or something like that on Twitter. <laughs> so it's changed. <laughs> it's changed. Yeah, we will put all this, or I will put all this in the show notes and get a hold of us. Let us know what you think is going to happen in the Picard season three. Let us know who you think is the handler. Let us know if you think I'm full of crap or not with Thomas Riker. Let's hear what you guys think. We're looking forward to seeing the rest of this. If anybody believes that that this boy is actually Picard's by birth or Petri dish, I think it's Petri dish. I think Crusher is protecting him. I'm desperately hoping that this is not Picard's son. I know we're probably going to go through a few episodes thinking that, but I'm hoping that we find out in the end that that's not that, that that's not it. Me too, because I'm telling you, that makes me have the conflict between her and Laris is a little bit easier. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's not going to be any conflict. There's going to be drinks at this bar. I'm telling I, I you. My, I'm putting my money on Laris. I and want the pointy here at Honey. I'm just saying. I don't know, man. Did you see how Beverly handled that phaser rifle? Uh, yeah, that's my girl. Oh, uh, yes. I'm telling you, conflicted. I'm so conflicted at the moment. They're both cute. <laughs> But I would have drinks with both of them. And we'll leave it yeah. there. We're gonna leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still with seven. <laughs> I don't mind I like the little stance that she did when whenever Picard and Riker were leaving the the, the room after they were having dinner. That little stance that she, the seven did and she's listening to them thinking about what she wants to do. Oh yeah. An observation that she called them into. That was so much like stellar cartography on the Voyager, where she ba- that was basically her room on Voyager. So right. it was just wow, just the flashbacks there again, nostalgia. There's Easter eggs all over this thing. Yeah, and it's obvious. It's it's done so well that it's obviously intentional. Yeah. So we'll see if they continue it. And I realize there's a stigma out there that Picard season one and two started strong. They didn't necessarily stick the landing. I'm really hoping they stick the landing here. I like the second. I did not. I, I can tell you, I was not that big of a fan of season one of Picard. I liked it. I like him. I like watching him. I did not like the whole Romulan undercover thing that was happening on the Borg ship. It just, it didn't, it didn't pull me in. She pulled me in. And that's saying a lot for a Trekkie, right? It didn't put me in. I think season one, the best way to put it is what saved it was the fact that it had its moments. It had moments that made it worth it. Well, the big moment that was an eye opener. What is Crusher going to do when she finds out that he is artificial? That's a question we can ask, too. He has artificial heart. Oh, that Picard is artificial. He's completely, which 
now that I think about it, he should not be like slurring his speech. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, once again, it was set up to he, he is going to continue to age. It wasn't going to be make him quote unquote immortal. But did they ever say that he was fully functional? <laughs> I think Lars thinks he is. I, I was, I was going to say, I think Loris would have, you would have, that, that would have been a completely different conversation if with Lars at the beginning. If, he's le- if she's bringing him home from his chateau, I, I think she's explored. And <laughs> I mean, Star Trek's got all sorts of relationship and thingy, you know. Went. And he, he, you had the Riker going after the, the genderless, and on lower decks you had Peanut Hamper going after the Birdman. I mean, <laughs> but but yeah, but Romulans are not known for their well. I was going to say subtlety, but that's really the wrong word. They're not known for being patient with things that they want. Is she known for Stanova? Say okay. <laughs> I mean, she she is a Romulan. Is she going to be a hundred years older than he is and still be going? Yeah. I I would watch this. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I don't. If I remember correctly, that even when Sarek passed away, and and the whole thing, that the whole concept of that was with his disease that made him feel emotions. He actually died young at something close to 300 years old. Yeah, it's like 200 to 250 to 400 is the Vulcan age or whatever. All right, with that, I'm going to close it down, and we are going to. Come back at you next time. Strange New Worlds, Picard Season 3. We, we're going to have to come up with a snazzy little subtitle for this, but for now, it's Strange New Worlds P3. P3. I will post it. Yes, we will post it. That works. <laughs> we will talk to everybody next time. Bye. All right. Bye, guys. This has been an episode of the Strange New Worlds Fancast P3 Edition. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us. If you'd like to hear more shows like this one, you can find us at strangenewworlds.podbean.com for more podcasts on Strange New Worlds and the Picard final season. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up via email at strangenewworldsfancast at gmail.com or on Twitter at trek underscore worlds. We are a part of the Lone Wolf Podcast Network. You can hear more of this cast and other shows like it by checking us out at lonewolfpodcasts.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. That's uh, awesome. I'm glad they kept the hair that was there because, you know, some of us don't have that option. It's just gone. Sean made fun of me. The very day I woke up, I woke up on Christmas Day. He made fun of me. He's like, well, now you're as bald as I am. <laughs> he had to eat that one. <laughs> he had to eat because it didn't. T- it, before I even got out of the hospital, it was growing back. And I don't know what Sean's been doing with this mic cover, but it stinks. He's, like been, he's been mouth kissing it or something. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I want to answer that or not. <laughs> He's like been tongue kissing it. I don't know. You know, I don't <laughs> ask what he does with his audio equipment. Energize. <laughs>